Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for joining us. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1 uh, and 2 says, Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and a faith towards God, with teachings about purifying the laying on of hands, the resurrection from the dead, and eternal judgment and punishment. These are all matters of which you should have been fully aware long, long ago. So Hebrews 6.1, I read the last verse in the Amplified, um, uh, but talks about the, what, what Paul considered to be the six principal doctrines of Christ. And so we've taken the time and we've called it laying the right foundation, um, because I, I think even just by looking at these verses, you can see where the modern church is strong and you can see where uh, maybe it's not so strong. And the, the one today we're going to dive into, I was going to do these two as one together, but as I get into them, the subject of uh, judgment is a big one. So we're going to uh, talk today about the resurrection of the dead. So 1 Corinthians chapter 15, I'm going to start... Uh, in verse 12, and it says here, Now if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain, and your faith is also vain. Yes, and we are found false witnesses of God, because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ, whom he raised not up, if so be that the dead rise not. You know, the resurrection of, of Jesus Christ from the dead is the thing that separates um, Christianity and really separates Jesus from being a good man, a good teacher, and maybe a prophet, and, and, and makes him the son of God. It's that God confirmed his life and put a stamp on it, because it was, it was really the, that, that Paul, um, Paul talked about, if you read from verse one of this, he says that, that through this, that Christ was sent according to scriptures, but he was raised from the dead according to scriptures. It's, it's the fact that God pointed towards sending a Messiah who would come and, um, and make, bring people back to the place of not being dominated by sin. Now, now I think for a lot of the reason that, that Jewish people don't believe in Jesus Christ is they expected like a, a wartime Messiah, right? Like David would come and make them the great nation. They're expecting this Messiah to come and set up his kingdom and that they would rule. They didn't understand that the, the enemies aren't Syria and Palestine and the rest of the world. The enemy is sin. Um, but the resurrection is the thing that separates Christianity from all other religions, is that there's power to it. And in the same way that Jesus was resurrected, so we're resurrected. So we're going to talk about a couple things in resurrection today, but to lay the, f- the foundation. The first thing, the first resurrection is Jesus from the dead. The second resurrection is us spiritually. So we were raised from death to life. And we talked about that in, I think, uh, the week prior in dead, uh, dead, uh, we did two on, on being dead and two being alive, that there's a spiritual resurrection that takes place. But what we're waiting on now is a physical resurrection. And so we're going to get into that today. And so it says here, yes, and we are found false witnesses of God because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ, whom the, he whom he raised not up, if so be that the dead rise not. For if the dead don't rise, then is Christ not raised. And if Christ be not raised, then your faith is vain, and you are yet in your sins. Then they also which are fallen asleep in Christ are perished. Fallen asleep is another word for died, 
physically. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. You know, for us, this is a warning as a church to make sure that we keep eternity as our focus. Colossians 1, 4, and 5 um, uh, Paul saying, I pray for you. I, I cease not to pray for you, make mention of you in my prayers, that um, uh, for I've heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and your love which you have to all the saints, for the hope which is laid up for you in heaven. And so for people, the, as Christians, the motivating factor of our life should be eternity, should be the fact that there's going to come a day. You know, when it talks about the resurrection of the dead, these two do go hand in hand because resurrection and judgment are together. The reason for the resurrection of our bodies is, is for judgment. The reason that we get our bodies raised from the dead. You know, there are people in heaven who are still waiting for eternal reward. There's a day of reward coming, a day of judgment. We're going to talk about that a little more tomorrow. But for now, there's a resurrection, and it's really the hope of the church. There's the hope that what I'm doing in this life, I'm making sacrifices. As Paul said, I buffet my body daily. I, I, I run my race in such a way that, that I'm, I'm giving things up now, understanding that there's going to be a reward from God for what I've done. There's going to be a day of judgment. There's going to be a day where my, my body is resurrected, and, and then it's brought before the judgment seat of Christ. And so we, we live our lives with eternity in our focus. In the same way, Paul said, knowing there that therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men, knowing that there's a day coming, both when, you know, the resurrection is not just for the body of Christ. The resurrection is for, for everybody. Every single person who's ever lived will be raised from the dead bodily. Their body goes in the grave, not their spirit, will be raised from the dead, and then either uh, to life on two separate occasions, either to life and reward or to judgment and the lake of fire. And this is what's coming. And understanding that this day is coming is what keeps these things in front of our eyes. I think the mark of really the, the, the mark of a true biblical ministry is souls. You know, I don't care how much income a, a ministry brings in. I don't care how many employees they have. I don't care how many church meetings they hold. If souls is not the primary focus of the ministry, you're not a biblical Christian ministry. There's something off. You know, the test of Christianity is not how rich you are. And I'm all about prosperity. It's part of the gospel that God gives us prosperity. But really, it's, it's one of the smallest parts of the gospel. Because people who have their focus on financial prosperity, yes, it's good to get first in those things. And it's even the same about our health here on the earth. Yes, there is healing power. And, and yes, people can have healing ministries, but if that doesn't lead to souls, I mean, if you could choose, if someone who's sitting in hell right now um, could choose, go back and live your life for 90 years and, and, and be poor and sick and in pain, but be, spend eternity in heaven or, you know, live the life that you lived healthy and well, and well off and, and be here where you are. The, the trade-off is there's not even a comparison being born again is the greatest riches. That's why any program that, that's like you feed the hungry, but then there's no Christian group that does it, but there's no, there's no gospel being presented. You're robbing the people. The people may come for food, especially in this time. There's a lot of places doing outreaches and giving out food and food banks. 
any Christian organization, there has to be the preaching of the gospel. You have to decide. I'm not doing something like this and, and taking the chance that someone walks in these doors and doesn't have an opportunity to receive eternal life. I'd rather starve to death starting today and know that I'm going to heaven than live healthy, happy. Thankfully, we don't have to choose. But if I do, the greatest part of the gospel is the fact that I have eternal life that I have eternal life. So let's continue to read 1 Corinthians 15. And it says, If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in, all, as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. But every man in his own order, Christ the firstfruits, afterwards they that are Christ's at his coming. So this is interesting. Christ obviously was raised from the dead, and so he came back to the earth, and we're going to talk a little bit about that here. He came back to the earth, but there's an order to the resurrection. There's actually, there was Jesus Christ who was the firstfruits, and then it's then when Jesus comes back at the second, at, at the, the rapture, that's when the body our, our bodies will be raised to dead, and it's to receive what was done in our body. So the purpose of the resurrection of the dead, of us getting, you know, you think about people who've got in your family that have gone on before that have loved the Lord, and, and their bodies in the grave, maybe they've been cremated, maybe whatever, but, but there's a resurrection that's going to take, take place of the bodies, all the bodies of every believer, and then it'll, that's when our works will pass through the fire. So we're going to talk about the judgment part of it um, tomorrow. But there's a resurrection coming. So I'm going to read, uh, show you here. First of all, that there's two separate resurrections. There's a resurrection of the Christians, and the point of that is reward. And then there's the resurrection of unbelievers, and the point of that is judgment. There, there's, And that's going to get into the, the judgment. It's the Bema seat. It's the mercy seat, the judgment seat of Christ. And then there's the... Um, then there's the great white throne judgment, which you do not want to be a part of. And so it says here um, in verse uh, Revelation 20, verse 4, And I saw thrones, and they that sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God, and which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their, li- or in their hands. And they lived and reigned with the Christ a thousand years. But the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he that has part in the first resurrection. On such the second death has no power. But they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. So there's, there's a couple things going on here. Number one, if you're born again and you go up in the rapture, there'll be the marriage supper of the Lamb. There'll be the seven-year tribulation. This scripture is actually talking about tribulation saints. So those... So the, the timeline, as most of you know, the next thing that's going to happen that we're waiting on is the rapture of the church, and then there'll be the marriage supper of the Lamb in heaven. There will be people during the tr- seven-year tribulation on earth that'll get born again, and they, and they won't get the mark of the beast, and they'll be beheaded. They'll be the ones who'll be martyred for Christ. Um, those believers then will be resurrected. We'll all have our reward. That'll be the, we're talking about tomorrow, the Bema seat, the judgment seat of Christ for Christians. It's not for judgment to see if we're innocent or guilty. It's to see if there's any fruit from our life. And then, um, and then we'll reign for a thousand years. And then after the thousand years is the second resurrection. 
And that's the one for unbelievers, where it says hell will give up its dead. And the ocean, the water shall give up its dead. And it says then at that point that there will be a, um, there'll be a judgment. Let me, um, Revelation 20 verse 11. And I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away. And there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of the things which are written in the books according to their works. Verse 14, And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. So we have a couple of resurrections. You have the, the resurrection that's going to be for us where our spirits are in heaven, but our body is raised out of the grave. Your body, in the same way, when Jesus was resurrected, if you read in the, in, the, in the Gospels, when Jesus was raised from the dead, it says the saints of old were raised and they walked around Jerusalem for a time. And so those saints went into heaven. Those, their bodies, that was the first fruits, right? And then there's us who there'll be a time where it'll, it'll all be at once. You know, I think this is, this is an interesting thing for me when I study, but is that knowing that there's people in heaven who their spirits in heaven, but they have no body in heaven. You need your body to be able to come back to earth. If you look at the Mount, Mount, the Mount of Transfiguration, who was it? It was Elijah and it was Moses. And they were the ones who there was an, that one was raptured, right? And then the other one, it says that the, the angel uh, contended for the body of Moses. And so here you have people who, for us to go back and be a part of the millennial reign on the earth, we have to have a glorified body. And so I want to read one excerpt for you um, uh, here that I think will be um, kind of exciting to hear. So also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown in corruption. It is raised in incorruption. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. This does not mean that we will have no substance. We cannot conceive of a body that is to, that is to have faculties of the spirit body, not having form and substance. Christ's resurrection body is a sample of what ours is to be. While it is true, his body did not see corruption, and he rose in the same body that was laid in the grave. While it is the same in identity. It was different in character. While the nail prints and spear wound were visible, it could pass through closed doors and appear and disappear at will. It had flesh and bones, but not blood, for flesh and blood cannot enter the kingdom of God. 1 Corinthians 15.50 For blood is that which causes corruption. To preserve a body, it must be drained of blood, or the blood chemically preserved by an, invisible, by, by an embalming fluid. As the fact, sacrifice was to be bled, so Jesus left his blood on the earth. And so here we'll have bodies that we'll use during the millennial reign that I believe will be able to transport wherever we go. There'll be bodies like Jesus where where even can change in appearance where the disciples didn't recognize him and then walk through walls. And so this resurrection is for us to receive what's happened in our body, but then to get our body back and transfigured so that we can be in heaven and on earth for the millennial reign. And that's the purpose of the resurrection of the dead. But why do I take time to talk about this? Because Paul called this one of the six principal doctrines. It's the same with the judgment. And so I want to ask you, how much eternity is in the preaching that you're listening to? 
How much of it is looking forward? Are you, are you, do you think about that day where you're going to stand before God? Man, the only way you can have a godly marriage is to think about the day that your wife or your husband will stand before God one day. Man, when you organize your life, you, you count the cost now. Number one, I want to ha- go to heaven. Number two, I want to have reward in heaven. I'm willing to make changes and to deny myself. I'm willing to, to deny myself. You know, even in the way that you give, you take a look and say, man, I can, I can do it. I can, I can, even giving 10% is, is not controversial, but most Christians don't even tithe. But I'm, 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 I'm a person who obeys the Bible and I'm looking to have fruit in heaven. So I'm not just giving even the 10%. I'm, I'm money I could be spending on myself and could be just what fun money. I'm giving to the kingdom of God. Why? Because the kingdom of God means something to me, number one. But I want eternal reward. I'm living with my eyes set on eternity. The resurrection of the dead is our goal, is our aim. Paul said, I, I forget those things are behind. I, I do anything that I may attain unto the resurrection of the dead. I, I want to know that my name is written in the Lamb's book of life. But when that time comes, when that day comes that I stand before God and my works pass through the fire, I want it to be a good day. I want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. That's it for today on the resurrection from the dead. If you have questions, please shout out on Instagram. It's at Ryan Yusta underscore and at Christy Yusta. And tomorrow we'll we'll lay down the final brick here in eternal judgments. It's going to be an exciting one. You don't want to miss it. We'll talk to you soon.